Can you see me? Yeah. Okay. I couldn't see you. I couldn't see you before, so I turned off my camera. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> we're all good now. We all good? Okay. We're all good. Okay. Man. Uh, okay. Was, yeah. Okay. I, I couldn't. I couldn't see. I couldn't see you. So I was like, oh, okay, he's not doing the camera. Okay. So I turned my yeah, yeah. camera. Okay. So now we're good. We're gonna do. Uh, you know what? We're gonna. Uh, uh, how did how, how, how the rapper say? We're gonna bring it back. We're gonna run it back. We're gonna run it back <laughs> to the beginning again, which is good because, like I said, I knew nothing about your personal life, which I think makes the person that you are now. I mean, we can say what we want to say, but for me personally, I think the personal that makes everything. And we have, like I say, a similar background in a sense of I feel like you're the more disciplined me in the sense of, you know what I mean? In the sense of, and I, I, I never could understand how somebody at a younger age could get into motorcycles and not love it forever. I mean, to me, when I got my first motorcycle, that was the first love. That's that first girl that gave you that kiss and you were like, oh, and you always remembered her. And from, and from then on, it's always motorcycle and life gets in the way. And then you come back to that love. That's why I feel. And that's what happened to me in my life. And I was telling people, I met you in Valencia, Spain. I was sharing a room with Brandon Posh, broke ass Brandon Posh. And I love Brandon. I say that I love Brandon. And he was, he literally hit me up on Instagram. He goes, Hey man, are you, are you going to be sitting here? I go, yeah, man. He goes, Oh, can I crash a crash a crash a crash? We crashed. And, um, and he goes, Hey man, you know, Michael Torres. I go, no. And then, um, and then I met you at, like I said, the Continental Breakfast. I was eating them at a house and home like I'm known to do. And I think we had breakfast together, I think. I think you were a brave man and had breakfast yeah. with me. And we talked. And I go, this guy's a little different. I mean, but different in a good way. This guy's a little different. I could tell you're disciplined just by talking to you. And then we saw you at the track, which is great because that's a great part of being not, not that many African-Americans at a, at a predominantly white sport or Hispanic, whatever the sport that is, is that we kind of like, you know, like we kind of bond in a way, you know what I mean? It's like, Hey, Hey, you know, like, hey. hey. <laughs> that one guy. I know that guy. Always cool though. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, 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 no. motorsports brings out the really good people could be and I got to talking. I said, I liked your story. Everywhere I went, you were, and I went to watch, not knowing that you coached Maria, but I went to watch Maria Herrera in that electric race, uh, the Moto E and uh, you came to watch her. And then, I, you know, your name kept circulating. And then James East uh, from the uh, Ron Haslam Race School hit me up mm. on, he goes, hey, man, East, he said, hey, I think you want to interview this Michael Torres okay. guy. Really interesting. I said, okay. And then, you know what? I saw you in Moto America, Moto America, Moto America, Moto America, DK. I see you. And I go, you know what? That's where I want to be. I'm jealous. I got to interview this guy. So and I looked your story up. And, man, it's so fascinating. First of all, and I, I don't really say this because I think everybody said it just to say it. But I mean it's from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for what you did as far as being a member of the military, U.S. Army, and I, I, it's maybe more, but for, as far as I know, I know you can't say it, but for uh, combat duties, you're a paratrooper, and I've seen the medals and everything, so man, thank you so much for your service and what you did, and now I want to talk about how did you happen to get into motorsports, and how did that lead you to where you are now? Yeah, I think, um, like you said, the, the story is a little interesting. You you always kind of come back to things as you look back at, at, at life, right? Things that you're like early influence and in. it's not an early influence into into motorsports, just action sports in general. Right. Um, so, so, and kind of, you know, as you mentioned, you know, doing, being a paratrooper and, and kind of being with uh, other people uh, that are, you know, I think, uh, you know, some of the, some of the best in the world, um, that I got to, to work with and luckily learn from, um, a, a good portion of my life that, you know, also, you know, always, uh, living on, on, on that edge, but also I think that time frame 
lends itself to where I am now when it comes to motorsports to so maybe not the, the original interest, right? So um, at some point when I was, when I was uh, <clears throat> beyond my exposure as a kid with, you know, having a, a dirt bike uh, and, and getting exposure to it very early, um, I think I got my first like uh, road bike, you know, I was, I was already in, in the military. I mean, just something, something to do. Right, yeah. right. Um, but the, I would say, when it comes to this world of racing specifically and kind of putting it all together, um, it, it really was, let's see, first MotoGP is 2012. For you, for you, for you, for you? Yeah. Yeah. And were you big like about live, that then? Like live, yeah, the first, the first live one, right? Yeah, of course. So like for, first, first time, first time you go, it's like, like, you realize like, automatically how amazing like the entire uh, the world is, right? The, the and I, once you see the, hear the sound and you see them go out in the front straight, your life is changed forever. I, I mean, yeah. that's the way I feel. Yeah. So so you immediately kind of figure out. So from my perspective at that point, it was I was just in, in the process of about to move back to to Miami from from New York so I kind of established myself um, in like the sport and, and kind of fitness world and I was working in in more of a technology consulting and doing some things in also in high performance um, but this little aspect of okay while I'm doing this other stuff maybe there's something I can take my coaching experience as you know a former track and field coach and kind of working working in different parameters um, with with youth and what I learned there in performance into this motorsports world. So, and in 2013, moved to 2014. Um, I was at in I went to the Indianapolis race. Yes, and that was that was the first time I uh, I introduced kind of through through some friends I I got uh, some connections with the paddock and. Um, I made some flyers, right? In, in, how did like, you miss I, me during those years? <laughs> I was, I live in Indy. How did you, and you're in the pad, how did you miss me? I have no idea. Like I, at that point, I, at that point, like I, 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 I knew absolutely zero about like what was actually going on. I mean, the, the, the whole point was like, I remember my mechanic that was from, from Miami was, we happened to meet there by accident. And um, that year is when I met uh, Damien. Uh, Jagalov. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So, so I met him that same year and, um, but at that same time, I basically was, I figured out I was all the, the experience I had uh, put together from like athletic testing and, and some other sports science uh, elements, you know, applied into racing where there wasn't really, no one was really talking about this stuff. I was like, hmm, this is super interesting. But like what kind of so, stuff, like what kind of stuff exactly? Um, everything from just standardized testing, you know, from, from trying to bench, you know, the simple way to explain every, the whole, you know, impetus is that like, if you look at most sports here in the United States, like your, your core sports, you know, like basketball, basketball football, football, baseball. Yeah, right, exactly, right. There's, there's this very methodical way you know, from a little kid, right? You get your peewee baseball, you get you, you get your um, touch football, and that moves into you know your uh, pop Warner that moves into your you know et cetera, et cetera, right? Right. Well, in, in motorsports, there really isn't that methodology here, right? Now, 
this methodology was, was applied towards uh, this development in Spain and Italy uh, about 15 years ago. And it, this is what kind of spawned what, what we now know is, you know, how they've, they've come up with the level of racing. Um, but, and it's no different than when you look at American sports versus uh, football over there or soccer as we know it here, right? The, the difference in a 14 year old who plays soccer in Europe and a 14 year old who plays soccer in the United States is really different if the, the one from the United States isn't entered into an academy level program when they're young. Because if you wait till you're 14, till you start playing highly competitive soccer, the, the kid who's in Europe, he's been playing that, that highly competitive soccer since he was like eight or nine. No, no. What, right. what, what, what are, but how do how do those academies accelerate that growth? I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, football as an example, football, soccer as an example. But how does that? Because I was going to ask. That was the question I was going to ask you. What makes the Spaniards so damn good? Because when Kenny Roberts went over there, he introduced them to the knee on the ground and flat tracking, and they took that and they basically beat us at our own game now. And now what they do over there is it's just astronomical like you see people and I'm, I'm not even casting shade on him at all and one of your clients actually and we'll get to that sean dylan kelly and he was in red bull rookies cup i mean he was around i think i maybe correct me if i'm wrong the best he finished was maybe sixth or fifth i think maybe uh, but between there maybe five and nine because i watched him every week i'm a dork i have nothing else to do i watched him every week and then he comes over here and he's kicking ass in Moto America. I think he was the first one that he got the, uh, the youngest person to, to, to do the double, pull, 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 the Red Bull Rookies Cup, man. He, he wasn't getting smoked, but he was like mid-pack. I mean, he did good. Hey, don't get me wrong. He did a good job. Well, a, he was stepping up every year, right? Every year he was stepping and, up. But the Red Bull Rookies Cup, he just did okay. And then he comes over here and he does great. What is it that makes the Spaniards and the Italians, because of what Rossi did, and, and uh, with his uh, uh, BR Academy, because I think Rossi saw what the Spaniards are doing. He goes, nah, I got to be my base game and get my boys back. And we got to show them who really runs this. And, you know, <laughs> I'm just paraphrasing, but and he's, yeah. the BR Academy is doing. So what makes those guys so damn good to where when our riders go over there, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like. Well, uh, fundamentally, it's the, the, two different things, just the culture approach to the top end of the sport. One, they have two completely different focuses. So American racing versus, so the American racing system is built on the bikes that you can buy in the store, right? Okay, so that, yeah. that, that, that's, that's the goal, right? Whereas European racing was built on speed, right? So fundamentally you had this different training, even philosophy, because the idea that if it's about the bikes you can buy in the store, it's only the last few years that we've had the 300s or even a lower class bike, right? right. Traditionally, we, we only had these 600s and 1000s. So there, so in this gap system where the focus is on these 600 and 1000s, what you miss is there's no circuit or Grand Prix style development program for kids because we don't have a reason for it. Yeah. Right. So we just don't have it. What we do have is a bunch of kids riding dirt bikes because why? We sell dirt bikes at every level, right? So yes, exactly. We, we, and it's easier to ride in the dirt than it is to find a, a place to do road racing. Right. So this is this is fundamentally the difference right? okay. in 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 the not so distant but past, right? Okay. So now we start to kind of uh, realize this, 
and and there has to be something to be said but we we kind of you know we have a, a way we have a pathway that's really that's really different now the other side of it is that that feeds into that that culture is just the, the pure systemization of racing um just something that we're trying to address uh from you know the junior level through the junior elite into the professional ranks so having that step-by-step -step process is you've been to valencia and you under, you've seen the Puna de campeanos program yes. that's yes that's, i that's love for, that i love right? that so those are those are our our partners um so we we're, we're we're essentially modeling and helping and working on expanding their model um in different facets around around the world um but under that that ecosystem that, and that, that's one slice of the pie okay and, right. and you know um we have you know a couple of different aspects that have to go together but there's the competition system is one key element to your to your question is that we don't develop a a kind of step-by-step -step approach now there are things that are starting to come as you watched motor america this year you you saw the um we had the mini cup i right, thought that with, was great with, yes right with, 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 with the rallies coming out coming out of italy Right now, there'll be a lot of discussion about what's the best way to do the the younger development. But you know, from a zero, you know, from a we had nothing a year ago to having something, something for, for kids to to get into. Um, I think it's a it's, it's a great program, um, and it gives them opportunity. It gives them exposure. Uh, we've got a lot of the older riders who are in Moto America who come down and support the younger kids. So it's a great way of kind of fostering that. Is a, a, big, uh, a, a big proponent of that. He comes down. I've seen that. He helps a lot. And I think it helps God. those kids because they kind of remember the fringes of the hate. I think the kids now are so younger, but they at least remember their parents talking about, you know, Roger and Nikki. So when they see Roger coming out, or at least they know the last name Hayden, they go, oh, and I'm, and he's great with kids. I mean, you can just see that in the look in their eyes when he's teaching them how to do something. So that's gotta yeah, yeah. be a big, a big help. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, and, and there's, there's a lot of, you know, everyone we've got, you know, Beanie Snipers, who's got a junior academy representative, you know, that, that, that was racing uh, in, in, in the cup. Uh, you've got the American racing team who's got their academy racing in the cup. So, you know, not only is it an opportunity for, you know, local and regional kids to, to showcase, we've also got, you know, MotoGP uh, connected, you know, programs that are also a part of the system. So all in all, like I said, there'll be, I'm sure there'll be other uh, programs that will, that will come to support and other programs that will offer other avenues for, for racing. Um, but the one that Moto America is running is obviously something that's going to grow. And I think O'Reilly is going to continue to, to do something, you know, with, with them. Um, so that opportunity will be good. Let's talk about what you're doing with the Pilots Racing and Developmental School, which I think is great because I was trying to tell my producer, it's great because, you know, I live in Indiana, I live in Indianapolis, and these guys know, uh, surprisingly, they know nothing about racing. My producer is 19. He knows nothing about racing, but I know nothing about his music. So it's it, 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 He teaches me about Little Baby, and I teach him about racing and who Rossi is. <laughs> so, so when we talked about racing, I was like, you know, the thing about it is there's so many, and I knew this from the interview we did with Moto Man, America, that little bitty five minute interview that you did and you got so much positive messages and feedback from was from the minority community or, you know, because you say you want to help 
South, South America, North America, uh, mainly, you know, uh, maybe kids who couldn't normally get into racing because racing is expensive no matter where you go. It's, it's expensive. And for women or girls who want to race or whatever, and like you said, in North America, honestly, it's just, it's basically African-American. It's like, man, I would like to race, but, and somebody, and it's great, and it's great because just a week ago, I had a friend hit me, hit me up on a private message. He goes, hey, man, he goes, how come there's not that many blacks racing? Because they went to Pittsburgh. And they saw Motor America in Pittsburgh. He goes, man, we had a great time. The kids had a great time. But, how, you know, why aren't there that many blacks in racing? And I said, and I just, I pulled out of my ass. I said, hey, man, it's expensive. I said, racing is expensive. And then when I read yes. what you do or what you're trying to do, and which blew my mind, I am so into that, is that you really want to help uh, more of a minority presence in the racing paddock. So maybe you could explain your pilot's racing and developmental school and how you, how you go about doing that. Because like I said, racing is expensive across the board. Yeah, so I think there's a number of, of, of kind of verticals or facets, if you want, if you want to call it, that, that are built around our, our, our top 10 program. Um, it is expensive. And there is a, you know, a, a definite uh, and significant portion of the program that is you know, where um, there's still costs, you know, involved in, in, in getting, you know, getting into the, into the, the program. Um, right. We're trying to develop spec racing uh, and spec training uh, for the Ex most explain part. Explain that to somebody who's like, yeah. like my producer, Wyatt. He knows yeah. nothing. So he goes, yeah. what's spec racing? What's training? I'm sorry, Wyatt. Yeah. What's spec racing? I don't understand. What is that? So explain that to him, like in, yeah. in layman's terms. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of times when you start off with the with the kids, um, just having all on the same little little bikes, and they can be down as, as far as the fifty uh, cc mini bikes or the pocket bikes, okay. um, and then we kind of move up to uh, and that's the engine size, and then we move up into the one tens, um, and then what something is called Moto Five. Um, which is starting to get into these production bikes built built for racing. So similar to what you see uh, with, with the uh, with the Ovales, um, but designed more for for training and um, starting to prep for those who are looking to you know move towards the Grand Prix and uh, World Championship uh, style of racing. Okay. Um, so the idea of you know. Creating a step-by-step -step system again. This is something that we are uh, working very hand in hand with uh, with Puna uh, and 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 their architecture. Uh, this has been the plan for uh, maybe three years now. We've yeah. been we've been working along alongside, you know, just kind of slowly piecing things together. And part of it is is bringing, as you said, uh, the piece of Moto America. We spoke about kind of the physical aspect and mental. is more the rider component, right? Um, that that rider development side of it. Um, and then you have what the what I was describing before, which is kind of the competition development side, right? Um, so both of these things kind of have to come together. Um, and uh, our goal is to kind of anchor that with education, um, link that together with technology, uh, be able to uh, kind of provide a, a clear pathway. Now, by doing all this and, and kind of creating this ecosystem, um, the overarching goal, as you said, um, you know, by creating this at both the community level and it, obviously it has to expand upwards um, to filter top talent because um, it's in the world of racing, but getting more uh, people into the sport starts at the community level, 
Like diversity right? that, mean diversity mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And 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 that that starts with uh when I say not even before uh the world of racing, but you're talking about uh bicycle safety. You're talking about community level stuff like that, right? Just introducing people to two wheels as a mode as a mode of of being more healthy, right? And how to then ride it, the right and, way and, with and, protection. And right how to ride the right way how to ride protection how to learn these different things then it moves into things like mountain biking and training at that level right learning balance and coordination and these different things and at the same time you know there's the mini bike training and, and of course we're introducing these things but when you're talking about coming from zero yeah. right and yes. where there may be a limited budget you know maybe they're not starting with the mini bike training and you know because they don't have you know that's not what their the family is set up to do right but there's all these different things that are that we've we've done over the years that we know that are very transferable relative to like off the the track training you know whether that's that's bicycle training mountain bike training things of that nature that you're developing the same motor skills and the same abilities that you need to transfer onto the track so maybe you can't afford to get on the track when you're six years old because right. your parents can't afford a mini bike racing program but you can get a mountain bike and start learning how to do these different things. You can start learning how to become an, become an athlete. You can start learning the basics and the fundamentals that are still, still part of things that we can kind of hopefully, you know, have an ecosystem to provide to the communities with. That's, I think that's beautiful. I saw that when you said you want to include more diversity and I just, I love that because I think that's what it needs, the sport needs because there's more of us. It's almost like when I grew up loving rock and roll in my neighborhood and I was shunned. You know, I always, I always say I was black until fourth grade. Then I, you know, I got kissed alive too. And then nobody wanted to talk to me anymore you know what I mean? in my neighborhood. And so, but there was more black rock and roll fans uh, growing up than they wanted. They didn't want to admit it in public, but, you know, secretly, they said, hey man, I like kids too, but don't tell nobody. It's like, all right, man, whatever. So I took the arrows for that. But that's like, I think that's what it's like in motorsports. I really think that there's more diversity who watches the sports and goes, man, but they don't see people that look like them. So they go, ah, it's, it's a far-fetched so dream. I, I also want to make the same, the, the point though, I, I think there's an optic in the U.S. that is not the optic from around the world, right? Yes. So, so whereas, yeah, I do believe from the United States, can there be more quote diversity with, within the sport? Can there be more diversity in the international and the MotoGP paddock? Yeah, but the reason there isn't in the MotoGP paddock isn't because of the same reason that there isn't diversity in the way that we speak about it here, right? I think the the reason that we don't have the 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 diversity in the MotoGP paddock is more about access, yes. right? Right, right. It's it's more about uh, you know you know and not access in a way of uh, who you know, but just like if you if you didn't follow, if you weren't a fan, like you wouldn't you wouldn't buy a season VIP, you know, a, a paddock pass. Right. And if you and if, and if and if you weren't a fan and you didn't buy a season VIP paddock pass, you know, and those two dominoes didn't fall, then you wouldn't meet X Y Z, who happens to be like, hey, cool man, you're a cool yes. guy, like you know, come hang out in box seventy five, and we'll meet, introduce you to. You know, and those things happen once you're in the paddocks. You know, and yes, I was I saw like like you know that's a family within itself, right? Especially especially in in, in MotoGP. Yes. Um. So 
I, I, so I just want to say that because I think it, it, the optic about diversity is less about, it, it's more different here than, yes. than, 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 than just, and I don't want to put a blanket, you know, and, and say that it's, it's like that because X, no? Oh, no, um, I trust you. And I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you pointed out because there's a big difference between the U.S. or North America and Europe. So I'm glad you said that. And just to clarify that. Um, no, I'm thank you for that. And, and I'll say, you know, this being, you know, there's there is a, a a a diverse number of people. Of course, the numbers again. I think now when you look at the U.S., there's you can you can chalk up to a number of conversations about uh, about it. But I think a lot of that just you know it comes down to location is 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 is, is one. Um, and and then and and then there's the financial scenario. You know, because even in places where you might have a minority community that is middle class or whatever like if you don't even know about it you wouldn't spend you know there's 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 plenty of middle class you know african-american families who spend good money on their kids to do other types of sports or other types yes. of activities that are perfectly fine but i'm just saying that's more than just awareness right that's that's right. that's that's so I, I think it's it's definitely not no pun intended a you know a black and white scenario yes. right oh, definitely, um definitely. uh it, but there is, you know, the opportunity um, where, uh, given the choice of teaching a kid how to ride a bicycle properly with safety equipment and the things that could lead into, I, you know, I I think there's a great, a lot of things you can, a lot of lessons you can learn, right? Um, mountain biking. Um, like what? Please tell me, because I I I I get scared shitless riding a mountain bike. It really does. <laughs> it scares me, man. You know what? Riding a mountain bike scares me more, 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 more street on my motorcycle or riding the street on my road bike road uh, a bicycle uh, mountain biking scares me like none other and you can also get eaten by a mountain lion if you live in california so you got you got the elements wow. you got rocks and you got wild animals that's one two three strikes you're out i mean i don't know about the whole mountain lion scenario but yeah i mean it when it comes down to i mean so here's the deal for from our perspective uh Training wise, um, okay. it's 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 super it's 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 very cool just because of the um, sprint mechanics of the heart rate. So you know, getting the heart rate up and down, um, uh, and also just from a lot of using the body, um, especially in in corners and turns and how you weight yourself uh, and in those aspects. Um, all things that translate to riding motorcycle, right? So using those same muscles, right, um, in a in a training environment, relatively speaking, right? If you think of uh, from a, from a racer to you know riding riding trails, and we're not talking about like you know Red Bull X, you know down <laughs> downhill series, right? Yes. We're talking we're yes. talking like you know like more normal trails. I mean, you get you get with you get with someone like SDK or I, I know Dominic. Uh, these guys, you know, love, love, love the, the whips and, and, and stuff like that, you yes. know, pulling the jumps, but realistically, you know, pushing, pushing hard on, on, on trails, you know, having, having some fun. Um, but that level of training, um, has worked out really well for us. Um, it, it breeds both the competition. Um, it does tone it down. If you think about from a, some of a safety perspective, mm -hmm. um, it, I mean, yeah, you, you yeah. I think you can, you know, there's, there's still enough damage you can do, you can do uh, riding mountain biking, 
Um, yes. I, I, trust me, I, I know. I've broken a few minor bones and and and. Because you don't just talk and, about it. You you are about it. Cause I you know I follow you guys on Instagram. Like I said, I stalk you guys. I'm a dork like that. I stalk you guys, and you don't <laughs> just talk about it. I I saw the picture. You and SDK riding in the rain, and you got the training. I think it was your second ride that day, and you guys were riding in the rain. And I guess, yeah. and I guess, and I guess, and I whatever. But you don't just talk about it. You get in there and you do it. That's one of your twenty your twenty your twenty in there and do. It. And, what, and what I want, and and other than the 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 mechanical aspect of what you're talking about, that scientific approach. Let's talk about that mental approach because one of your clients is uh, Sean Dylan Kelly. And if you haven't seen him, Sean Dylan Kelly to me personally, and I love Brandon, and I and, and I think it'd be great to juxtapose those two. Because they get along. They're great kids. They're great kids. But Brandon is you know more. Like, I, I, I mean, I, He's like a brand, 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 uh, yeah. I mean, and 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 uh, I, I used to work with Brandon a little bit before too, so I, I know them both pretty 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 well. I, I, Grant, I, I Brand's a good kid. To me, they're they're great for the sport. They're both they're both young, 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 young kids, and yeah. like I said, they're both a little bit different. Where Brandon's more like you'll see him on his Instagram, he'll be doing a wheelie on a Vespa with a Hawaiian shirt, and SDK's got that million dollar smile that just that that you know that that matinee model looks. He's a mama's boy. He loves his mom. Mom was in, in, in Victory Circle at the Park Ferme last weekend when he won. He loves his mom. He's got a beautiful girlfriend. He just, he lives that kind of life. You go, man, this kid's got it all. And he's a winner. And if he wins a championship, you know, I think the sky's the limit for this kid. I mean, who wouldn't want to be on his team? He's got it all. But here's the thing about this. I want to ask you about during, when you're coaching is Richie Escalante has had his number, not all races, but pretty much for the whole season, except for uh, he crashed in one race, but, you know, to, fin to finish first, first, you got to finish. Sean, he did what he had to do. He won that race. But how did you coach him mentally when Escalante was beating him every week? I mean, it was every week. It was just basically those three, and it was Escalante and Sean Dillon Kelly, and Escalante was beating. Even if he was, lead he was leading, it's like Escalante said, okay, it's time. And he, you know, would beat him toward the end. And how did you get him to overcome that mental hump to where there's a point sometimes the athlete reaches, I got to beat this guy, beat this guy. And when they don't, they kind of go, okay, I guess I can settle for a second in a way. How did you get him over that hump? Or is he still well, battling that hump? Well, I, I think actually it's, it's option three that you didn't, you didn't even mention. Um, SDK is a champion. And, and and the champions know that that they've got to take each battle the way the way it comes. Um, yes. we've been we've been working on on that within um, since the very beginning. Um, so you know he's worked with me exclusively since he was thirteen. Um, I think his mindset. Of course, we have we have our individual conversations about each race um, and 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 the performance and and what's required and what's needed. Um, but I also know him well enough that you know there's races where he's been you know fully on the limit, and sometimes you come in you come in second. And and what do you say to him in situations like that where you know he's doing everything he can, and he just came up short? What do you, or do you not? Or you just let him like? I mean, what do you say? Say he comes in second and you saw him pushing it and it just didn't work out. What do you say in situations like that? Yeah, I mean, in 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 those situations, it's uh, you know. I, you sleep well at night when, when, when you give, when you give a hundred percent. Right. And, 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 and that's something that we talk about all the time. Um, we, we really take, uh, our preparation really serious. Um, so we know that we give a hundred percent in preparation. Um, and he knows that if he gives a hundred percent on the track, then those two things 
there's nothing more. Um, the results will be the results because you know the, this is this is racing, no? And 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 to me, it's it's uh, I think where we find the the synergies of my my previous life. Uh, it's kind of kind of like combat. You know, um, you can prepare and you know what you go out for, but you can't necessarily write the script. Right. That's beautiful. Uh, I love it. Because I was going to ask you about how did you find, and I just love that word. How did you find the synergy between military and motorcycle racing or just athletics in general? And when, when did that click for you or has it, was it already there for you? Um, yeah, I mean, the click for me was definitely uh, with this sport. No? Um, the the world of racing at 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 the the, the top level um, is is definitely a battle, you know, and we know um, that the ultimate things can happen in this sport. Yes, uh, and and because of that, you know, the the approach, um, and I learned, you know, working with Sean um, that you know, what these, you know, even at his age, you know, at 14, 15 years old, you know, having to deal with the loss of, of, of a rider um, that, you know, um, at, at, it's also a young age, um, you know, then I realized then, you know, that it was pretty serious um, in a way that like, I could relate to. Yeah. And, and, and that was something that, that, helped us like click, you know, and, and, um, and then I knew, okay, in this, if this is the, the level, you know, that we, that we have to have the, the mind prepared to, to deal with, then this is the type of training that, that is needed to follow. Like, have you ever done any like mental, like I was watching uh, Michael Phelps and he said his coach sometimes would hide his goggles or he would put water in his goggles to just try to screw him up before the, I mean, for his training so he could get ready for it just in case when it came out to the Olympic final and everything wasn't going, I mean, wasn't hundred percent, like he wouldn't freak out. He got him basically every worst case scenario in practice he did for him. So when it came time, and something say during the course of a race or the gold medal, you know, the gold medal swim or whatever, like he wasn't bothered by maybe his goggles doing this and he, or his goggles filling it with, with water and he could if you've ever done those kind of mental approaches with, with Sean Dillon? Um, I, I think what, what happens with, within motorcycle racing is you're looking at, you know, an elite athlete who, especially early on, you know, the beach, I always challenge his comfort zone for sure. Um, as, as I just, how? how do you do that? How do you do that? Um, I, we've done it in water training. We've done it in different types of military style, styles of training um, that I've taken him through just in a way because when someone's that good at their own sport, it's not that that sport that's going to challenge him in a certain sense. No. So to get him out of his own comfort zone um, for me, is it's a lot of it's creative. Um, it's understanding the athlete that we have. Um, but well, I want to know because I want to do that kind of yeah. training. Because I still want, I still <laughs> think I'm an elite athlete. So I want to know what it yeah. is because I want to do it when I go back to my gym. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, by far, a lot, uh, um, and he'll tell you, uh, he, he's be, he'll be one to have a have on your show for sure. Um, it, you know, a lot of it's outside the gym. Um, but you know, when we talk about it for him, it's been a step-by-step process, right? So learning how, you know, fundamentally how to, how to move properly, um, how to, uh, you know, then 
add weight to that movement, right? You know, in, in, in traditional gym training. Uh, and then things like uh, explosive training and power training and, and movement training, learning how to run properly. Uh, uh, all of the athletes that we work with now, even in North America, you know, learning how to uh, properly take care of themselves, right? With mobility exercises and flexibility work, um, things of that nature. So I think performance in general, right. um, and, and Sean will be any of the guys that will tell you, uh, my goal is to build them as athletes. They just have to be really good at riding motorcycles. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, and then what I'm really good at is understanding movement, movement dynamics and, and, and what is needed. Um, and, but in, all in all, it all, all comes down to, to capacity. Right. So the, what you're speaking about from the mental side is mental agility. And, and we have a, we have a whole protocol around, around, you know, taking people through that. Um, there's, uh, different than, than, than Michael Phelps's coach, you know, we're, 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 we're more methodical yeah. um, about, about our approach. Um, yeah. the idea is that we run through our pre-race sequence multiple, 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 multiple times. Like, um, okay. The, what, what is that? Like doing what, what's your pre-race sequence? Like, yeah. So, so each rider, um, kind of goes through, you know, starting from, we have a, a physical warm up period that lasts about 40, 30 to 40 minutes, depending on first, you know, first session in the morning and a little bit more longer because usually it's the morning, but once the guys get going, the warm up is, is usually around 30 minutes or so. Um, but with about 20, 25 minutes to go, uh, most of the riders uh, will go into kind of their own, their own sequence. And um, they have a sequence that they go through that's a, a number of, of uh, I would say statements and or questions, you know, that they're self asking themselves or, or they kind of already pre predisposed. Um, there's some uh, visualizations that, that, that they've already mapped out or we've mapped out with them um, of what they're working on. Um, and then they're going through their actual race lap visualizations. Um, and that's a sequence that sometimes is twice, depending on the uh, the race start procedures. So under a full race start procedures, if they have longer time, it might happen three times. Right. Um, under the quick start procedures that we're doing now with Moto America, it's generally happening twice. Um, so that's that's something that each rider kind of goes through on their own. And um, with SDK. Uh, if there's, there's sometimes there's video of us uh, with like the hammer down video, um, they've, they've seen where he's going through his visualizations and I'm standing like uh, by him. Um, those things happen pre-race uh, pretty much all the time. But what we do from a performance perspective is that 20 minute sequence right. or so, like we actually go through that um, via Zoom like this. Really? Uh, before before every race um, really you, multiple times um I, see, I think that part is fascinating like i they showed a video of uh, every time on the moto gp is uh moto three was philip ertle and he would have his eyes closed and you see him going through the turns and he's visual and you see he's visualized and it's one of the most incredible things ever he's he's got it down to a t to where he's going this turn you see him clicking with his hands eyes closed and he's going through this turn and it's Beautiful. I mean, it, you know, it, we, we, 
we we measure so we've done it with 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 uh, brain sensors on 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 Sean, but we've also he also kind of measures it down to the lap time. Yeah. So he starts a song. He'll start a song and then you kind of measure and stop the song when he finishes. So we we, we kind of have a target. So sometimes we're we're looking at making sure that we're not rushing. So a lot of okay. it's breathing. So we'll we'll look at how 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 a rider is breathing. So to make sure that the it, it's actually the hard part is slowing it down. It's not speeding it up. It's not reaching the lap time like you're going to be too slow. Yeah, the hard part is actually slowing it down so you don't you're not faster than than what than what you're actually going to be. Really, um, I, I so, love that part. I love that mental, and I think breathing is a big aspect. I think taking yoga has helped me big time and just getting out of uh, sketchy situations on the street and on the highway to where I, I think I would normally go freak out. I just go, I take that breath. And even when it's close calls, I think that's helped me. And because I, I saw that video you did not, and I thought it's the breathing, the breathing helps so much in situations yeah. like that. And especially in, in that form of racing, a high level, it's gotta help. Like, do you guys do anything like a yoga training or anything like that? Well, what happens is um, during our preseason camp and during our in-season program for our riders that are working with us, um, we actually do uh, breath training in the evenings, okay. usually a couple times a week. Um, so we monitor the, the training, the training, and we, then we we do it for uh, like a five-minute test um, with the monitoring system that that, that we use, um, and then we help teach them basically how to diaphragmatic breathe. So the same thing that they're they're promoting with with your yoga practice um but we just teach it from uh certain sequences based on their age okay. um and and then how to work with that relative to um we kind of have a breathing strategy if you want to call it so there's there's like what you do on the grid versus what you do on a straightaway versus what you do on really? corners yeah you breathe so, differently there's, yeah, there's different breathing strategies. But, oh, um, it comes down to it. That is beautiful. So it's all the, the little things. It's yeah, all I mean, the little it, minute it, things. You got to understand, you know, if, if, if you can win at zero one hundredth of a second, right? Yes. Like, then every part of your physiology is just as part as every, just as important as every part of the mechanics yes. of, of that motorcycle. Yeah. Because, because the, your ability to, you know, uh, react to something, your ability to manage and control, you know, comes down to uh, fine tune. Yes, it does. And, and so, yeah. you know what? Someone switch gears. I want to get. I want to get down to the. To the. I like. I like always like a little gossip. And I remember I was talking to you. Uh, we hit each other up about you know, what to talk about. And I yeah. said, you know what? I know one of your clients is Maria Herrera. And I love yep. Maria, but I also love Anna. And I know they have a little bit of history. I mean, I could tell that when I don't even know like the in in ends, but I was, but I just from watching with the naked eye when they're both in World Super Sport 300, like each other, you know what I mean? Which I thought was kind of funny. You get two women at the top of their class, not just because they're women, but they're at the top of their class. They happen to stand out because they're women. And I just don't think they like you because you, so I just want to go with the gossip aspect of it. I like that little TMZ part of it, if I can. And I don't want to, I don't want to cause anything. I don't want to cause a riff in the paddock. I don't want, you know, Maria go, mm, I know you ain't wearing them boots with them, with them tires. I don't, I don't want nothing like that happening. I don't want no, a party um, kind of thing going on in the paddock. But what's the riff between Anna and, and Maria? Uh, 
Honestly, I can't even really speak on that. I mean, so, you know, Maria and I have a professional relationship, you know, help me support her, her, uh, her quest. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, I don't, you know, I, that's, that's something that's more visual than I think it is, than it is really, really realistic. Um, uh, you know, I think the, the pathway for them has been, you know, I think as we were talking, you know, I think it's just different, you know, um, Anna's in a great program with, 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 with Kawasaki, um, and, you know, she's been able to develop with, within that program. Um, right. she's definitely, she's definitely a champion. Um, she's definitely a great rider. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, and, um, I think, you know, with, with Maria, we've had, uh, you know, some great opportunities. Um, some of them have, have been good for her and some of them just, you know, haven't been, uh, the, the best situations. Um, but, you know, she's proven, you know, time and time again, that she's definitely, um, one, one of the best in, in the world. Um, you know, she just had a wild card this past weekend, you know, and she was, got 15th, uh, I think, wait, 14th or 15th in the first race, right? She, she was four, she was 14th and number, number two for the European cup standing. So, you know, and that's just a wild card never being on that bike before. Right. Exactly. Maria's I mean, so, and I, 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 practicing with the boy. She's just as good as anybody I heard when, when it comes to like, you know, the, the, the dirt yeah. track training or whatever, Maria's just as good as anybody. And I and I, I want to ask, I asked Steffi Bow this last week. And I was mm. talking about what's the difference between girls and boys. And she goes, in, in motocross, it's simple. It's just the, the, the simple strength in motocross mm. it, it, where the boys have, you know, that just that man strength. And she goes, well, girls can be as successful in road racing. But I said, from this is from the naked eye. I'm, I'm just, I'm going to say right now, I'm speaking out of my ass from what I see from my naked eye. Anna's great. If she gets the lead, she's great at, at managing that lead and, and taking it home and getting the victory. But where I find out, and maybe in both of them, is when they get in the packs, and this can go for the boys also, but I just I'm specifically speaking on those, when they get in a pack, that's when they have the troubles. And I was like, is that a thing where you think it's a, it's a, a female thing, a physiology thing, or do you think it's just a racing thing, 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 thing? I know it's when they get in pack racing, when it's a pack, Anna can get roughed up a little bit or she can lose her way. If she gets the lead, she gets a second or two lead, she's good. But if she's in a pack and it's like, ah, and I, I think Maria a little bit the same, at least from what I saw. So is there something to that? Is there validation in that? Or am I just, I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, I, I think you can look at that. Obviously, they're they're racing in, in different classes as well, no? Right, so like right. Maria now. But even in the World Supersport, I, I noticed yeah. that when they were in World Supersport. Yeah, and I think, you know, some of it is obviously there's always going to be a difference physicality wise, right? So the, the energy expenditure when you're battling with someone versus when you're riding by yourself, right? You're going to fatigue faster, right? So if, if you're de just dealing with one human body with, with a, you know, a, a muscle mass of X and another human body with a muscle mass of Y that is less than X, Right, and those two people are, are are in a battle. At some point in time, the person with less muscle mass is going to fatigue faster than the person with 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 more. That's just human to human. It's nothing okay. to do with male male or female. Okay. Right. Um, so that would happen if you had a smaller male rider versus a more fit uh, male rider. With, with, okay. With that. So I think it's less about the physiology from a male from a gender perspective. Okay. Let's put it, right. Okay. Then, it, then, it, then it is. Then it is a a physical sport, and as the bikes have gotten faster over the years, mm -hmm. it has become more and more physical. You know, um, I mean, I know. You know, working with Sean, the demands right. of you know what he goes through 
on the 600, right? And how, you know, and how much we train for him to be able to, to do that, right? So if that's, a, if that's one just re reference mark, it's not a benchmark, but it's a good reference mark, right? Then, then I can tell you that it's just hard across the board. Yeah. Right. To, oh, to, 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 to be to be at, at, at an elite level. So I, I think when you look at that, you know, it is one thing that that um, you can you can see. Right. Right. Um, but also the different levels of bikes and how bikes are, you know, and where you're right. racing and all these different things are all different. So, for example, now you know, Maria's been on the, the Moto E for a little, for two seasons now, right? Jumps on a 600, right? And is able to put a 600, you know, right up there in the points, right? Because, because her body is now adapted, right? She's stronger. Right. She's now, she's now adapted. That Moto E bike has very much a lot of torque, right? And it's yeah. hard on braking. Um, it's, it's a very physical, physical, not very loud, it's just very physical. Yeah. Know, right. So, so, after riding that bike, she's she's been able to adapt to a 600 pretty quickly, right? So that so a lot of that you know if you take Anna right now and throw her into a 600, she she probably wouldn't do so well because her body's just not ready for that. Yeah, right? she'd have to she'd have to train for that, and she you know, but at the same time you know, we also we sometimes in America i also think of racing as this, 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 this singular linear scenario. Right. right? And we, for, and we forget that like, you know, Anna could go down as like one of the greatest 300 riders ever, right. Just staying in her class and becoming dominant in that, in that, in that class. Right. That, like there, there's, there's that impetus to have to always move up. Right. right. It's something, it's something that, that, that is, that is the, uh, an American thing, you know? Yeah. Of course everyone has certain dreams and whatever, but, but right. you also see riders, in every class that seem to really fit that class and then they just make a career out of that class and like you know, tom luke in moto two exactly tom luke exactly. stays so, there he's got a house in moto came, two right he's got a summer home moto two winter home moto two <laughs> and that, that's his thing but there's nothing wrong with that that's what you do that's what you do nothing wrong right. with that and, you see what Supaglu did glue did glue did glue board and i mean well you know Supaglu. you couldn't mess with Supaglu. keenan and world super yeah. sport Exactly. Good luck on that. Exactly. So, you know, I think that's where also some of the, it's hard to when, when, when people start having conversations, it's easy with the female conversation because in the world championship level, right. you're talking either about Anna or Maria. Um, I didn't want to, I hated to put it against each other, but there's only two, but that's the unfortunate, that's the, that's the unfortunate side, but the really, the, but the reality is just like any other rider, you really can't compare them. Right. Because of course, right. Because, but, but yes or no, is there beef between them? Not that I know of. <laughs> not that I know Are of. they Facebook that's, friends? I, I'm not on Facebook, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, look, right, let's have some fun before we close it up here. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, in the paddock, in the, uh, whether it's MotoGP, whether it's Moto America, just motorcycle racing period, who's the strongest mentally of any rider you've ever seen? The strongest mentally of any rider you've ever seen? Ooh. I mean... I mean, obviously, if if you've been in the, the, the same paddock as, as as Mark Marquez, it's kind of hard to argue that he's not the he's not the most dominant like mentally. Um, but as far as you know, I I think 
honestly, really, when you see, you see blips of, of, you know, writers' mental faults. Yes. But, but, but in the gross comparison of how many writers, uh, you know, tried to make it to that grid of 27 or 28 or 23, right? Like all of those guys are awesome. Right, like, 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 you, you really, you really can't, you know, the the worst guy on that grid is yes. better than anyone you know. The world, all of them are world champions, yeah. it, it, one class yeah. or another. And I, know, to me personally, so, I always say it's Mark Marquez, and I, the, the example I always use is, he's in in the box before the start at one of the FP FP one the FP two whatever, and he's looking over, he's getting his gloves on, and the camera's on him. So he picked, so he realized, he looks at the screen, he, look, he realizes he's on the screen as a camera and he picks up the remote control and changes the channel. And, I, and that's when I went, wow, this dude is wired different. And it's great, yeah. great, 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 great. him, and also, like you said, every one of them, but from my point of view, point of view, point of view, point of view, Marquez is the strongest, one of the strongest mental athletes ever. I, I put him up there with Michael Jordan. And I don't think, and I don't think motorsports gets the credit it deserves. When it comes oh, to no. athletes, and oh, I no. say not, not 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 at all. Yeah, and I, I mean say, I, I mean we've been we've been building. I mean people, you know, privately you look at you know, um, I I think you know when people look at Sean and go okay you know he's he's a professional he's strong you know and, and we look at Mark and go okay not because I mean numbers don't lie right right I mean, the champion the champions keep the championships keeps keep racking up the amazing things that he keeps doing just keep racking up and like you said he's super focused you know and 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 if you have a young athlete that wants to be in this sport you know um yeah there's many great riders but he's obviously the one who's who's a model of the sport right now so. okay also i want to ask you uh what can and can't you teach a rider like you know sometimes you see an uh, something see him do Ooh. something you go okay you can't teach that it's just natural or what, what things that you go, you can teach? Like, all right, you know, I taught him that, and now he's better at that. Mm. So I think skill development is skill development. You know, we break almost any component down, down to it. I think what you, what you can't teach is there's everyone has an innate ability, and a lot of that's going to help with their adoption of the skill. Right. Right. So right. You, can't, you can't teach whatever that innate ability is, right? And that, whether that's, and it, for different riders, it's different things. Some just were naturally just good at like riding. Some just were naturally like fearless, right? They might have sucked at riding, but they were just fearless. And so, so they, they eventually it came together. Some were just naturally good at riding. Some were just naturally good at riding and like the skill so good, like the fear just came along, right? So, so you know, it just, you know, some were like bumbling, fumbling, you know, the whole nine yards. And then like, boom, then they become a rider all of a sudden, right? Um, so you don't know really how they got there, but like that little, that little first step, I think is the step that you can't really teach. Um, right. I think most of everything else is teachable. I think the skill is teachable. I think you find the kid who can go fast. You, know, you find the basic skills. I think as an athlete, um, if you teach them fundamentally how to be an athlete, how to become a professional, how to learn, how to be a, a lifelong student, um, how to take care of themselves as, a, as an athlete first. Mm -hmm. I think all those things come together. And if they have the skill and the aptitude and the drive and they really want it. Yes. You know, the opportunities have to come, 
right? right. And that's where that's that's where most most don't. Um, but you also have to be prepared for those opportunities, right? And and when they do come, you need to be able to step up, pounce um, on them, and 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 make the most of them. You know, and, and the riders and the riders that do, you know, sometimes something special happens. All right, and before we get out, what's the what's the overall goal for you? I know you got that academy. I saw the drawing of in Miami of, and it, it's beautiful, man. I, I honestly, I can't wait to go in there and just bug the shit out of you like I do with everybody that I've ever come along with. I just annoy people enough. They go, okay, if I give you this interview, would you leave me alone? I go, yeah. So I appreciate you doing this. And when that, the, the Miami, I, just, I, I wanna go down there and I wanna ride on it. I know, uh, I, I never say I'm too old, but I think, you know, as far as teaching me and being, being on a team or whatever, maybe, you know, just teach the young kids. I think I'll be okay. <laughs> but what's your yeah. overall goal that you wanna reach, the, 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 the pinnacle? I know you, you know, everybody should set goals for when they, monthly, yearly, weekly, whatever, but what's the pinnacle of the goal that you wanna reach now? Well, I think the, the goal for me is pretty simple. You know, um, we're going to make this model into a full-on academy. I think I think a school uh, in the U.S. where we actually have a, a high school, a junior high school, a junior high and a high school program um, to include some type of uh, college program. And then we're working with also uh, the some, some graduates from the Menlove Repsol School for Mechanical Engineering. So talking about putting together a master's program um, again, that's part that's that's part of that uh, educational aspect of it, and and where yeah, this sport is great and it's a sport, but not everyone's gonna be able to be a Sean Kelly, right? Yes. Um, but you know, giving people access to it, finding the passion, maybe connecting education to it as an academy as a full-on scenario. That's something that we're working on. Of course, we're doing this in uh, you know in multiple locations around the world. Um, so it fits my umbrella. You know, our goal is to positively impact one billion people. It's our kind of company, our company motto. So there it is. One step. I think it's beautiful, man. And I, I honestly, and with the military training and, and all that you've accomplished, I, it will be done. It will get done. I have no doubt about that. And I can't wait to bug you in the paddock again, 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 again. This guy ever leave me alone. That's, I, I can't wait to see that and, and bug you and be, on, and be on the grid. Maria go, oh God, not him again. I can't wait for that day to happen. And honestly, I know yeah. you're a busy man with everything going on. So I appreciate you taking the time out to do this, uh, to talk to me. It, it, honestly, it is a pleasure. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And I want to give a shout out to your academy, which is the Pilots Racing and Developmental School. Uh, anything else you want to say? Anything else you want to plug? Uh, no, just uh, obviously you mentioned a lot of the riders. Uh, shout out to Maria Herrera, Sean Kelly, Noam Lampkin, uh, Dominic. Uh, these guys are, are are doing their thing this year. All of the uh, Team Hammer, M4 Suzuki guys, Tony Elias, Bobby Fong, working really hard. Um, Give me an opportunity to work with those guys, uh, some great professionals. So, um, yeah, we're having fun. Uh, we're we're enjoying racing and hopefully doing it, doing it uh, bigger and better in the future. Well, I'm going to have uh, Pretty Boy himself on here. I can't wait to talk to Sean Dylan Kelly. I can't wait to have the All-American kid on. It's going to be my pleasure. Not next week. I know he's got to get his mind ready, ready mentally next week for the race. But I'll probably have him on the week after if that's okay with you, Coach, if that's okay with you. <laughs> so, man, again, Michael, thank you so much for everything. Thank you for spending your time with time with time with time. I check this wholeheartedly. I really do. I wish you nothing but the mother in life and with the academy i really do so thank you so much for that i appreciate your time and to everybody for watching tales from a gemini's bt and michael torres saying like we always do about this time Bye.